0: Please join me in the reading of God's word from Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 through 15. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jashar, and the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day? There was no day like that before it or after it, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel returned with him. Uh, Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp to Gilgal. God bless the reading of his word.
1: Good morning, Grace Point. Uh, I'm I'm Tobin Springs, and I'm here to introduce our speaker today. Uh, Olivia Melnick has been here before at Grace Point. He's done some uh, Passover Seders, and that's how I first got to know him. Um, But he's with Chosen People's Ministry. Uh, He's a missionary reaching the Jewish people, and our church supports him, has for years, and kind of have something special Uh, Since this uh, COVID lockdown has happened um, back last spring, Olivier hosted an online uh, Facebook um, Passover Seder, and he then opened it up to any of the viewers to maybe join a Bible study. And so Tammy and I have been in a Bible study with Olivier for the last year plus, during almost paralleling this lockdown. Just built some incredible friendships with people all over the world through his ministry and uh, learned a lot from him. So real fun friendship has developed.
2: So with that, Olivier. Well, good morning. And uh, before I forget, even though it was mentioned already once, thank you so much for your support. We haven't been here, Ellen. This is my wife, Ellen. Raise your hand. There you go. Uh, We haven't been here in a couple of years, But we're really, really happy to be here and to be part of your church family. And thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to us. And uh, especially at this very challenging time, uh, it's been a crazy time. And uh, so we're looking forward to start traveling again and uh, meeting people that we haven't seen in a while. Now, um, so we we are with Chosen People Ministries. And uh, basically... Uh, We've been with the mission for 23 years. I serve, uh, we serve in the Northwest Regional Director uh, in the Northwest region. I'm also on the board of Chosen People Ministries France, and uh, also in charge of the training of the new missionaries, uh, Director of Training, and uh, in the process of also figuring out how we can start a work in the Bay Area uh, to open a new branch or center in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco area. There's a lot of Jewish people there. Uh, and then so that's, that's not really keeping me too busy so I decided I would also do a degree at Dallas Seminary at the same time. So, uh, But we're almost done with that this is actually my last two classes and by August 5th I'll be done <laughs> so keep it in prayer please I want to finish strong <laughs> and um, so that's it for, uh, for the announcements. Um, now I, I want to share something with you. Uh, a few months ago, a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine, asked me, uh, "Can you? Uh, uh, I'm leaving for a trip tomorrow. Can you take me to the airport? Oh, he didn't say that. He said, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll be back in a few days. And I volunteered. I said, do you want me to take you to the airport? He goes, oh, you're sure? I said, of course. We're here to help you. We want to you know, be good neighbors, good friends. I'll take you to the airport. And then he said, my flight leaves at 5 a.m., and the airport is at 4.30, so, I mean, it's 30 minutes, so we had to, uh, uh, I had to get up at 4. So I did, and took him, and everything was fine. And I thought, note to self, next time before you commit, ask for details. <laughs> Fast forward to a couple of months ago, talked to Tobin and Tammy, and I said, hey, uh, if, you know, I know you guys are going through a challenging time. If you want me to you know, come, it's, it's time for me to pay a visit, and if you want me to come and maybe you know, help, you know, do pulpit supply, preach, whatever you guys do, and oh, that would be great, let's, let's look, well, a day or two later, I get a phone call, uh, we're going to take different speakers right now, and would you like to take a, sp- yeah, we'd like to take a slot, and so give us a date when you're available, so I gave a date when I was available, next thing you know, I get an email saying Joshua 10. <laughs> I learned nothing about the airport drive. I should have asked first what, what what do you want me to preach can i preach on something that no so i didn't ask so I'll, I'll commit i'll come and joshua 10. so here we are and i'm very happy to be here and to be honest with you when i started looking at joshua 10 i've read the book of joshua many times and uh i looked at joshua 10 and like very often when we do when we read the bible we just kind of glance, we just take a look, a quick look at the surface, you know, we just look, we look, and we get a couple of things, and then we move on, and, and when the book is, appears to have a lot of details that are not really relevant to, to, that not really applicable to our life, we just kind of pass through, and then we move on to the next chapter, next book, and we're done, but when, when basically the Lord said, Olivia, this is it, you know, we're given Joshua 10, so deal with it, so... I actually had to scratch the surface, and then you, know, you start scratching the surface, eventually you start digging, and you find gems. That's how rich the Word is. So I found a few points that I want to share with you today that I thought were interesting. So first, let me, uh, let me read the passage. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm only going to read the first 15 verses. Uh, we're not going to do 43 verses today, I promise you. Let me read the passage, and then we'll kind of divide it into a few sections uh the, the main idea the, the 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 title for today is are we on god's side are we on god's side and what i hope we can define we, we can understand this morning is there's a big difference in saying i am on god's side or saying god is on my side and we'll, we'll see that through uh, hopefully through the passage so are we on god's side joshua 10 verses 1 through 15. Now, it came about when Adonizadek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were within their land, that he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. Therefore, Adonizadek, king of Jerusalem, by the way, this is the first time in the Bible that Jerusalem is mentioned just a little note, sent word to Oham, king of Hebron, and to Piram, king of Jarmut, and Japhia, king of Lakish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, as they fled from before Israel, while they were at the descent of Bet-Oron, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them, uh, wait a minute, did I go, no, sorry, when you print on both sides, you have to read on both sides verse (laughs) 4 come up to me and help me and let us attack gibeon for it has made peace with joshua and with the sons of israel so the five kings of the amorites the king of jerusalem the king of ebron the king of jarmuth the king of lachish and the king of eglon gathered together and went up they with all their armies encamped by gibeon and fought against it then the men of gibeon sent word to joshua to the camp at gilgal saying do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war, with them and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came, up, came upon them suddenly by marching all night from gilgal and the lord confounded them before israel and he slew them with a great slaughter at gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of bet oron and struck them as far as Azekah and makeda as they fled from before the lord hold on am i in the right place yes as they fled from before from before israel while they were at the descent of bet oron the lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah. And they died. They were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the son of Israel killed with a sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel and said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon and O moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies it is not written is it not written in the book of Joshua? and the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to uh, hasten to go down for about a whole day there was not no day like that before it or after it when the lord listened to the voice of a and for the lord fought for israel then joshua and all israel with him returned to the camp to gilgal let's pray heavenly father thank you for this this great passage lord that uh, tells us more about you and about your character and how you are faithful and how you deal with people uh, uh, in your own uh, wise and faithful and and awesome way so Lord uh, help us understand and apply this passage even further in Yeshua's name Amen so uh, gleanings gleanings from Joshua in general Uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb are the only two children of Israel who remember the Egyptian captivity in their many gods. As they're entering the land and conquering the land and we see through the book of Joshua, they are uh, the last uh, the last two of the, uh, the the wilderness. And I think it plays a part because they remember the, the Egyptian gods, the many Egyptian gods and then in this passage uh, we see that uh, uh, they, uh, towards the end of the passage when Joshua pleads with God, he's asking God to help and the way God is going to help, he's going to perform a miracle and Joshua is going to be able to prove to those people that the God of Israel the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob is more powerful than their God's and the background story is that the people that are going after Joshua and his men here are the Amorites the Canaanites and all these people these people groups the five kings they worship the moon and the stars the moon and the the sun and what is Joshua asking his God to do He's asking his God to stop the moon and the uh, the sun. In other words, be a greater God because you are. So there's a connection there uh, when he's asking to do that. Now, Joshua started by believing, at the beginning of the book of Joshua, uh, he started to believing that God was on his side. And then we're going to see a switch when he's going to definitely see, like, I want to be on God's side. There is a difference, I think. Uh, he was a good military leader, but not really the best politician because what happened is that he signed a covenant um, in, uh, with Gibeon. You can go to the next slide. Uh, he signed a covenant with Gibeon only to find out later that he had been deceived, but he was a man of his word, and that's important. Integrity is very important. He was a man of his word, and covenants uh, are, in the Bible, I'll get back to this in a minute or two, covenants are not only critical, but they're foundational to understanding the Bible. I think every believer should study and understand the eight covenants of the Bible. They really lay the foundation for the entire Bible narrative. So uh, it's, uh, he signed a covenant with Gibeon and uh, was deceived, but he said, you know what? This is what I promised, so I'm going I'm to stick to my word. From this point on, we'll see that Joshua would do things God's way and not expect God to do things Joshua's way. How much our own life that we say, like, you know, I want to do what God wants me to do, but we're hoping that God is going to go along with what we do and say, yeah, that's good, that's good, I'll, I'll go with that. We need to kind of do a role reversal here. We really need to concentrate on a daily basis on, you know, doing things God's way. It's not easy, but it's uh, something that we need to do. Now, world leaders, many world leaders, kings, generals throughout history have claimed God is on our side. There's, there are books written that way with that title. I even know at least of one movie uh, pushing uh, uh, a false narrative of Israel being occupying and Palestinians being uh, victims called God Is On Our Side. I have a copy of that movie. So that title is uh, is very popular. um, And it's usually to encourage or invigorate their troops or the people rallying uh, around them. Uh, I think it's dangerously egocentric to claim that God is on our side. Because it, it's making God a servant of man. When I am on God's side, I am hope, hopefully, I can humbly serve God. When they say God is on my side, it's like, okay, God, whenever I need you, I'll let you know, and then you, you come and, and, and do your thing for me. That's not the way it works. I don't think so. I love the words of uh, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, the key issue is not whether God is on my side, but whether I am on God's side. You got it you got it so i think it's uh uh it's one one big idea that we need to uh, to to remember for today now three things a good sermon always has three things right okay so three points number one when on god's side we can expect opposition that that's guaranteed that's the first 5 verses of Joshua 10 1 through 5 we can expect opposition adonizedec wants to hurt gibeon so uh, those who want to hurt us will do it the best, not by hurting us, but by hurting those we love. If somebody comes to me and tries to hurt me, I might walk away. I might try to get out of the situation. I might not want, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fighter. I don't like to fight, okay? After all, I was born in France, and, you know, we surrender. So, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But, uh, anyway, we... Uh, you know if somebody tries to pick a fight with me I'll walk away but if somebody comes to hurt my wife or to hurt my kids I have no idea how I'm going to react but it's not going to be I'm not going to walk away that's for sure so those who want to hurt us will do a great job at hurting those we love and that will uh, and by the way this is this is how we see that Satan hates the Jews and he hates God and because he hates God he wants to hurt the Jews because God loves Israel, loves the Jewish people. So, God is going to do everything he can to hurt the Jewish people because God loves the Jewish people. That's another another example. So, the five kings that Adonijah allied with uh, were natural enemies of his. They were not friendly, they were enemies. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You've heard that before. So, they say, listen, we've got to go after Joshua and, and Gibeon. So, let's join forces for the time being. We'll go after them. And then, when we're done, we can go. Our, our our merry ways. So the opposition comes in different ways but here we see enemies uh, ganging up together uh, to um, uh, to fight a common enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. A good example of the opposition we get but you know pressing on is in Nehemiah Verses 4, 1 through 6. Now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it from themselves for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, "Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, it would break their stone wall down." Here, O you, O our God, how we are despised! Return their reproach on their own heads, and give them up for plunder in the land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out before you for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. And if you read the passage in Nehemiah, they had a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other hand. And they were like, you know, looking, building the wall and making sure that there was not going to be any interruption. But they had a lot of opposition, a lot of opposition. What about King David, the great King David, in terms of facing opposition? His dad was not very proud of him, 1 Samuel 16. His brothers looked down on him, little King, you know, little David. For Samuel 17, he faced opposition from his own son, in Second Samuel 15, and he faced opposition from Israel's insecure King Saul, in Samuel First Samuel 18, 19, and 20. And I put the scriptures for you uh, to look at uh, uh, later. So the first thing we know from this passage is that when you are on God's side, you can expect opposition. But the next thing we find out in the next five verses, 6 through 11, is that when you are on God's side, you are reminded of God's faithfulness all throughout. Joshua led his men uh, and was looking at some, some, you know, some notes on, on the uh, topography of the area of the battle. And he led his men some 20 miles of winding trails, climbing from 1,300 feet below the sea level, to about 3,000 feet above sea level, mostly in the dark. I felt like adding uphill both ways. It sounds that way when you look at all this, you know. It was one of those things. It was a really tough walk to to get to where he was going. Uh, But he was determined to do it because he wanted to come to to help Gibeon. He had made a covenant with Gibeon, and he was a man of integrity. He was not going to walk away. He was on God's side, and God... Would honor the covenant and protect protect Joshua and his men. When you are on God's side, you see God's faithfulness, and God honors that. And again, for, for a second here, I want to talk about the covenants because that I think the best way to understand God's faithfulness is to understand the covenants. Uh, God made eight covenants with mankind, three with mankind in particular, all people, and five with Israel. Uh, with with mankind in general, and five with Israel in particular, three and five. And the ones he made with Israel are all eternal, unconditional. Not, uh, the Jewish people have nothing to do. They're just, except for one, the Mosaic Law, the Mosaic Covenant. That one is conditional, but the other four are all eternal, unconditional. And here's the favorite part, the favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing. They're based on God's character and not on Israel's, performance and that is a good thing because if the covenant that god made with israel were based on on israel's performance would be toast okay so they're based on his character and not on israel's performance god is a covenant maker not a covenant breaker anybody tells you that god is done with israel they are wrong the Bible does not teach that. And if God is done with Israel, maybe he's done with us because he, he made covenants with Israel and covenant with people. So um, uh, the, um, I, I want to read the um, verse in Numbers 23:19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. That he, 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 as he said, and, he will not, and, and will he not do it? Or as he spoken, and will he not make it good? God is not going to renege on his covenants. The Eight Covenants of the Bible. Uh, By the way, not to plug my own uh, YouTube channel, but I am. Uh, I have a a two-part series, uh, short videos on the Eight Covenants of the Bible on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see them, it might be a good place to start. So not only uh, God kept his promise, but he also confounded the enemy of Israel. Something I put in the notes here, something that he has done in every conflict modern Israel has been in since the rebirth of the modern Israel in 1948. If you go by human standards, Israel should not exist today. Jews should not exist today. But from 1948 moving forward, Israel has been at war one way or the other. I mean, as late as like a month ago, there was another war for 11 days. And if it's not for God's mercy and God's grace and God's faithfulness in his covenants, there's no way Israel is going to survive, but somehow there's stories, there are many books written about the various wars that Israel went through in the, in the modern times since 1948, since the, the rebirth of Israel, and it's miracle after miracle. There's no way Israel should have survived, should have, should have not been completely obliterated by its uh, surrounding enemies, and yet, here we are today. So it's amazing, God's faithfulness. Uh, that that's the other point that i i alluded to uh, earlier and i want to really make a point here that uh as we realize that god is not a covenant breaker it helps us understand israel and the jewish people are still very much a part of uh, uh of his plan and as a matter of fact yeshua will not return most people don't understand this that yeshua jesus will not return the second coming until Israel says, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The moment corporate Israel, the Jewish people, together look up. And we can look at the verse on the next slide. Zechariah 12.10. I will pour out on the house of David and the the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. The moment Israel realizes that Yeshua is the Messiah that they missed the first time and they want him to come back and say, Baruch haba Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As he said himself, surely you will not see me Again, until you say, Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord. When that happens, he comes back. It doesn't matter how many people, how many Gentiles get saved before that. If it's one person saved or billions saved, when Israel says, Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord, Jesus comes back. That's what the word tells us. It's amazing. So, the same God who made promises to Israel that he will keep, also made promises to us that he will keep. Our salvation, our salvation is a promise. Our salvation is by works. I'm I'm waiting for a reaction here. (laughs) Come on, are are we saved because of works? No, it's a free gift by the blood of Yeshua shed on the cross. That's a promise he made. It's a free gift and it's really not really that difficult to get. just have to believe that it took place and that he died for your own sin and you know, you accept him as Messiah, Savior of the world, and Lord of your life, and, then, and that's it. And then you become a child of God. Then you move forward from that point, and you have a new life. It's a free gift. It's free. Emphasis on the word free. But if he doesn't keep his covenants, why would he keep that covenant with us? The very fact that Israel exists today proves to us that God is so faithful, and he will keep his covenants with all of us, his promises with all of us. So, one more verse before the next point. Lamentation 3, 21-23. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceased, for His compassions never fell. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That would be a good song title. I've got to make a note of that. Next point, third point. We are remi- uh, that's not... There's a typo here. Nobody told me there was a typo. We, are remi- we will witness no no that's it we're reminded of his faithfulness next point i was ahead of myself is we will witness miracles so we will have opposition we are uh re- we are uh reminded of his faithfulness and the third one is we will witness miracles i promise you I, I, I can ask all of you today have you witnessed miracles in your life all of us all of us and we continue to need them especially this church for pastor gary and his family so here you know we, the 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 rest of the passage uh joshua 10 12 through 15 we we're going to see a miracle now the bible is replete with miracles big and small uh, we have supernatural resources at our disposal when we are uh, on god's side god will display his greatness and and will come to our rescue using all kinds of different miracles Joshua needed more time to finish the battle. You know, the uphill both ways? He he needed more time to finish the battle, so God added hours to the day. How cool is that? Now, how do you do it? Everybody wants to know. How do you do it? Next slide. We have options. Okay? Did God extend the darkness? Did he extend the light of day? Did the earth stop rotating? Did the sun stop? Was there an eclipse? Who knows? Who knows? Who cares? That's my point. Who cares? God chose to give Joshua more time to finish the battle and conquer and win and move on and go back to Gilgal. Who cares what happened? People have written books. You know, the more the, the, the less we have on, on something in the Bible, the more we speculate. I don't care how he did it. He's God. You know, he can add another son or whatever or 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 make the, the the earth square cubic whatever i e Joshua said please do something it's funny because the people who argue with the the validity of the bible will often look at this passage and say this is ridiculous because we all know that uh, that the this you know the um the uh, the rotation of the earth and the sun is the way it it can't stop like this this is not this is not according to nature it's the same people that also say that the sun rises and the sun sets which really it doesn't. We know that. So, you know, but that's, that's for another day. <laughs> so the miracles, God responded to Joshua's, re- Joshua's re- request with a miracle that brought them uh, a victory over their enemies. Uh, and why? Because Joshua was on God's side, and God simply came to the rescue. See, Joshua had learned his mistakes. We all remember the Battle of Ai, part one, and the Battle of Ai, part two. Part one is, I'll do it my way. Part two is, okay, God, I'm on your side. Okay, what do you, how do you want me to do it? So all of us, we have those moments with God, I'm going to do it this way. Hopefully, that will line up with what you think I should do. And then we make mistakes, we, we fail, we have failures, and then we come back and so, say, okay, God, uh, how do you want me to do it? So that, that, you know, that's, that's something we can learn from the book of Joshua. Uh, but God, really, God, uh, God is in the business of miracles of all sizes, okay? Um, all sizes of miracles. Um, I want to share a story that, uh, that uh, happened to me years ago. It's uh, probably maybe 10, 12 years ago. Uh, Ellen and I uh, live in a different state, and we went through a very difficult time when we had to uh, uh, separate ourselves from a congregation that we were, had been a part of for 10 years, uh, and uh, there was a, uh, a, a big disagreement between myself and uh, another person, the leader of the congregation, and so we could, I couldn't, we had to leave. It was, it was very, very different. Not, I, nothing I did wrong, of course, what am I going to say? I mean, you, you only hear my side of the story, so you're stuck with that. But uh, I really believe that there was nothing we did wrong. So we, we walked away, we left, uh, and for two years, it was agony. The person that we had parted ways with was actually another person from the Chosen People Ministries that I interacted with, that I would see at directors meetings and leadership meetings. It was very uncomfortable. And we still live in the area where a lot of the community was going to the same congregation. It was very difficult. and It was a tough time of, of, of testing and, 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 and very, uh, very difficult for Ellen and I. And one day, I had to go to a, a director's meeting in Florida. And that night, I just did not sleep. I was a basket case. And uh, so I took some sleeping aid, because I was really shaking. I said, Ellen, I don't know. I, I don't want to face this man. You know, and so on the plane to Florida, I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I'm not comfortable. There's this little dark cloud over my head. And, and just take it away. Do something. I, 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 what do you want me to do to put this behind us so we can move forward? We get to the hotel. He's in the lobby. I'm in the lobby. We're just not really talking. But 15 people going to the meeting. We get to the place in, in the chosen people uh, office uh, in Florida, and then I'm talking to God. Everybody's I haven't seen anybody for like a, a year, so we all hugging, having coffee and bagels, and and then he's talking to somebody, and I'm talking to somebody else, and he's right there next to, next to me. Is back at me, not on purpose, just talking to somebody, and I'm I'm talking to somebody, and I'm by myself, and I look at them, and I'm really praying hard. I'm going Lord. Whatever you want me to do, show me what you want to do. I want this to be over with. Your will, not mine. And at that moment, that man turned around, looked at me, and went, should we? We hadn't talked in two years, and he did not really. He was really mad at me as well. And just looked around and went, should we? And we hugged. And from that point on, it's all behind us. In my book, this was a miracle. So miracles come in big and small. It doesn't matter. It's the, in the context of our own lives. They're all going to fit the need that we have at the moment. Uh, so when, again, as a, as a reminder, when we are on God's side, we can expect opposition. We are reminded of his faithfulness. And we will witness miracles like Joshua and the day that the earth stopped or whatever God did. So let's be on God's side. We listen. We trust, we obey, trust and obey. That would be another good song. <laughs> final word, final verse, which is the end, yeah, at the end of the chapter, the rest of Joshua 10, we don't have time to develop it this further, the, the rest of Joshua 10 is winning the battle and going back to camp, basically. But again, Joshua ten forty two, which is the verse before the last verse, verse 43, and Joshua captured all these kings and their land, at one time. Why? Because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Why did God fought, fight for Israel? Because Joshua was on God's side. Let's be on God's side. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, the richness of it and what we learn from it every time we scratch the surface and dig a little uh, to find uh, extra. Uh, gems so Lord uh, thank you for this encouragement that we know we're gonna get opposition we also know that you are a faithful God and we know because you've already performed them in our life that miracles will come in all sizes Lord we pray for miracles in our life and Lord we also pray even today for a miracle in uh, Pastor Gary's life and his family we pray for a miracle it is not too big for you nothing is too big for you Lord you created the universe we thank you For being in our lives. We thank you for the blessing you send our way, and we can't wait to see Yeshua again in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you all for coming, and uh,
1: thank you, Olivier, and thank you, worship team, and our AV team. And uh, so let me uh, send you out with a word of benediction from uh, Romans 15, verses 5 and 6, and then I will have just a an announcement after that but the uh, words from Romans may the God of endurance and an encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ amen